This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. We do, we do, Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only miss daphne maxwell reed hi guys how are you today what is going on how are you what's going oh, on today busy busy month this is this is an amazing month it's jam-packed i got so much to do i wake up at three o'clock in the morning going am i gonna get it all done <laughs> Welcome to my life. And I have to say, I used to get up at like 4 a.m. and it was great. Now it's like I get up at six and I, I'm just such a morning person and I feel the same way. Every day I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to get all this done. I don't know how I'm going to get it done, but I'm going to get it in. Yeah. What is keeping you so busy? We have a fashion showcase coming up, our fundraiser for the year. And I have to make um, a collection of clothes from an artist's paintings. And um, the fabrics have arrived, so <laughs> I have to get that done. I have to make the journal for the event. Uh, my granddaughter is coming out of her first year of college and uh, she's got to move out of the dorm. And then I've got to go visit some friends in upstate New York for about four days. And then I don't, I'll get it done. <laughs> You'll get it done. Well, listen, I want to talk all about that. I want to talk about your cookbook and photography. But before we get to all of that, you know, did you ever think, you know, like five decades ago when you started in the entertainment business, you know, it's a tough business to last in for even a year, like that you would still be, you know, working and have had such a career like you have had? I had absolutely no idea. It was a lark to begin with. I was lucky, I was blessed, I was taking advantage of opportunities before me and I was prepared for the opportunities and they just kept going. I kept making the right choices, I guess. And here I am. 
Did you ever know, cause I'm, I'm in New York now, shout out to New Yorkers. Like I know you were, you know, born and raised in New York, like growing up, you know, you went to school for like architecture and design, like did acting ever even cross your mind growing up? Had, oh yeah. You play it at, in uh, high school. I was with the group theater workshop that became the Negro ensemble company. And <clears throat> I mean, I played at it for a couple of years and it was fun, but I could not see a path to making a living, a black woman making a living in the entertainment business. So that was never on my agenda. It was all just circumstantial, one foot in front of the other and the opportunities presented themselves and I took advantage of the opportunities and wow. <laughs> wow. Wow is right. And it really was what you thought maybe, but you said as a black woman in like a different time, this just, it's a non-starter. Yeah. It, it was just unthinkable. What? No. Yeah. You can't make a living doing that. You have to be really passionate about not eating and doing that. And I'm going, mm, nah. <laughs> you lost me at the not eating. <laughs> that's where I lost me too. It's not going to happen. Well, you know, speaking about being a black woman, when you were at Northwestern, you were the first African-American homecoming queen. Yeah, that was not fun. (laughs) They didn't appreciate that. They didn't. No. How so? I mean, right about it. They, they didn't put it in the yearbook. They just said it wasn't important this year is what they told me. And I said, Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> wow. And obviously every homecoming queen before you was in the yearbook. Three pages. Wow. I didn't even get my name in the yearbook. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder Quite why, right? Quite a slight. And I let them know that it was a slight and I held it against them for 40 years. And now like, how do you eventually come to like resolve with something like that? I um, had the opportunity to go back to Chicago on the invitation of the African-American um, Association, the uh, Alumni Association. They, ne- they had a Black Alumni Association. And they, I was doing Fresh Prince, and they wanted to give me a Hall of Fame award. I said, okay, thank you. So I went back, and then they, during the ceremony, they said, so tell us about your time in Northwestern. <clears throat> and I told them and they said, we had no idea. I said, I know they didn't write it down. I got it though. The jet had it and the Amsterdam news had it and a lot of other papers had it, but Northwestern disregarded it. And I said, and so I have not given them a dime because I'm holding it against them. And what, what did they, they, they say to that? <laughs> they called the president that day and said, uh, there's an apology that needs to be had. (laughs) So they apologized and invited me to um, crown the following year's homecoming queen. Wow. And um, then I was on the board for a couple of years and then we made up. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I didn't realize all of that. I just, wow. It was not fun. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. No. Well, then, you know, you pursued a career in modeling and you ended up as the first Black woman on the cover of Glamour. And that was not a career choice either. I was just going back and forth on a lark. 
um, because Eileen Ford, the big maven of um, agents in New York, had seen a picture that was in Seventeen magazine from the fact that I got a National Merit Scholarship. They have a January issue that's called the Real Girl issue. So they uh, feeded us to a trip to New York, which was odd. And <laughs> I uh, was there in that episode, in that magazine with the Betty Crocker Bake Off winner and the baton twirling champion of Ohio and a bunch of other girls. And I had a full page and she's, Eileen Ford saw the picture and asked me to come register with her. I said, I'm in school in Chicago. She said, that's okay, register with us. And I did, and she started booking me. And I had a mentor in New York with her, uh, I guess it was one of the bookers at Eileen Ford's who called me at school and says, okay, come on, we got a job for you at Mademoiselle. And you could fly between Chicago and New York round trip on United Airlines for $25. So I was back and forth to New York and I was smiling because they were paying me to smile. I can do that. Right. <laughs> and that was my modeling career. I was never trying to be a model. Um, I, it was opportunity. And I just faced up to the opportunity and learned what I could learn during that opportunity. And things just happened. And being one of those trips, she said, sit on the window, just put this jacket on, pull your hair over to the side, just put some mascara on, just sit here. Man came in with a camera. He, I don't think he took a full roll of film. And okay, back to school. I went back to school. And uh, that fall, I walked by the, the book stand and that's me on the cover of Glamour magazine. I had no idea. Wow. You'd think they'd at least tell you, send you a copy of it. <laughs> no. Did you at least buy a copy, buy a couple oh, copies? And my mom bought a copy. <laughs> All my friends bought a copy. That's yeah. when you're like, wait, mom, I have something to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how do you, how do you go from that to acting? Like how did acting then come about? And like, how did you ultimately land on Fresh Prince? Oh, um, acting came about because I kept modeling when I graduated. I modeled in Chicago. They had a very strong catalog um, business there. That's when there used to be Sears and Montgomery Ward's catalogs that everybody used to get in the mail um, and local press and things like that. And then registered with an agent in Chicago and started doing commercials. And that's what really got me started back into acting. I said, oh, you know, you can make some money making a commercial. That's, that's, that was pretty good money. So Robert Conrad came to town one year. I think it was 1973. I get real fuzzy when trying to determine what those years were. I, um, I get fuzzy with years regardless, so go on. <laughs> And Robert Conrad came to town to shoot a series called The Duke. And I went on an audition and we hit it off, I guess, because he hired me. And that was my first television role. And the commercial that I had done probably the year before got me into the Screen Actors Guild. So 
I was already a guild member. So I was a working actress and did the series, probably eight shows out of that series. And then um, I got divorced and I moved out to Los Angeles and Bob Conrad's show, The Duke, didn't last more than a season. So he was back out in Los Angeles. And I said, hey, how you doing? He says, oh, I got this other show, A Man Called Sloan. I want you to play a part on it next week. I'm going, okay. And he says, oh, and call this person. You need an agent out here. So I walked into Los Angeles, with, got an agent, had a job, and I haven't stopped working since. So I blame him. No, you have not stopped working since. When you heard of the opportunity at Fresh Prince, like, did you know what the show was? I mean, it had been on for three years. Like, did you know? Did you have reservations in joining? And how did it come to you? Uh, I was an audition. Uh, I was asked to audition for it when it first started. And I said, what is this show? I had just done two or three back-to-back series with my husband, some a show called Frank's Place and Snoop's and... I had done a whole lot of work in Los Angeles and we were getting ready to move to Virginia. And they said, okay, we have an audition for you for um, a sitcom with a young rap star. And I said, no, thank you. (laughs) I gotta go. So I didn't go to the audition. And then I saw the show when it came on. I said, what is a cute show? And I did a couple of other pilots while I was living in Virginia, flying back and forth. And then three years later, they called me again and said, we want you to come audition for um, the role of Aunt Vivian on The Fresh Prince. And I'm going, but there is an Aunt Vivian on The Fresh Prince. (laughs) And they said, we'd like you to come and audition. And I said, okay. And I went and... I was there with 200 other women who were auditioning for the Fresh Prince and hit it off with James Avery about the third audition. I think we really had a chemistry that clicked and I love the guy. He was just fabulous to work with and just a dear, dear friend of mine. And I got the job and I was very happy to have that job. It was because it was a popular show and uh, we had no idea it was going to become an iconic show, but working with that cast and watching Will Smith bloom from the young rap star to the mega man he is now, it's a thrill. Could you tell like, you know, when you were working, you know, like, yes, you're shaking your head. I can tell, I could tell because he brought so much energy, even to rehearsals. He was just so on it and so delightful and so funny. And he was so smart. I mean, we would all sit down and have conversations about philosophy and literature. And and he also was very bright in making the moves in business that he needed to make. And I was very, you know, very proud of the moves that he was making. And then he got into movies and he got his criticism from us on the movies that he did. And he said, okay, I'll learn from this. And just watching him bloom has just been a delight. 
and the family has always stayed together. So we've always been very, very close ever since the first day I walked on there. Throughout the years, you guys have kept in touch, even before this reunion, which we'll get to. Yes. Always. What movie did you feel you were that you were most critical of where you're like, Will, what did you think saying yes to this? <laughs> no, he he saying yes wasn't the point. He just had to bring his full picture to it. And we think he kind of held back. Which was on one movie. As you zip your lips, <laughs> do you have a favorite Will Smith movie? See, I'm keeping it nice and positive. Oh, I love his movies. Um, all of them. Um, it was hard to watch Ali because I knew Ali. Um, <clears throat> but I think he's grown magnificently through his characters. And he brings a lot of the energy that he had on set um, to his movies. It's, it's fun to watch him work. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Think back to where you were when you first heard or learned about reality TV. Can you really think back? Probably not, because reality TV has been with us forever. And that's what brings us all together here behind the velvet rope. Well, now I want you to remember this moment, because listen, being is reality TV for your ears. That's right. It's an innovative new audio format like no other podcast you've ever heard. This season, it's being trans. Meet Chloe, Jeffrey, Mariana, and Cy. Over the course of six episodes, you get to be a fly on the wall. And isn't that what we all love best? For their most intimate conversations and unscripted raw moments. I thought I was going to listen to these six episodes, like, you know, over the course of six weeks, because I'm really busy. Binged, 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 could not stop listening. Listen, they handle health and family and relationships. Of course, their love lives and drama. So with this podcast, you're going to gain a unique understanding and insight into their lives. And again, fly on the wall, eavesdropping. That's what we love best. From Lemonada Media's Being Studios, this is audio reality. Brilliant idea, guys. This is Being Trans. Being Trans is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know, like you said, like when you got this call, like, hey, do you want to come and audition for Aunt Viv? And you said, wait, there isn't Aunt Viv. And they said, just get yourself down here. Like, did you know when you auditioned the true, like, okay, this role is being recast? Or, I mean, I guess that, like in, in the beginning, like right when you just auditioned now. No, I, I knew that, okay, wait a minute. That means that there's not going to, maybe she decided not to sign. I don't know. I only asked once after I got the job and I was told, we don't talk about that. I said, okay. And I never knew until the reunion. You didn't like, so when you were on set, there was no like buzz, 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 like, shh, like we don't, nothing. Not a word. It was like I had been there the whole time. 
it was just in terms of like, you know, like for any, any show, not even a role recast, like, you know, it's a three season family. And then you come in, it was not, it just, you were there and they're like, this feels like I've been here forever. Yeah. Yep. 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 And that it, it, they embraced me. Like they respected my work. They loved me as a person. I was totally comfortable and at home on that set. Once you knew like, okay, you got the job and the role was to play Aunt Viv, you know, okay, let's not ask questions, but just from a, listen, even now today, it's not so common to recast a role, but at that time, I could think of maybe one example, like on Dallas, when they recast like Barbara Valgetti's and like, but like Donna Reed came in, I'm sure there were others, but it wasn't common then, especially like just as a dream of Jeannie, they had two different husbands. Yeah. Yes, but it wasn't like, but so just like as an actress, were you like, was that like, did you have reservations? Did that present a second challenge? Like, how do I make this role my own? Nothing. You're shaking your head. Not at all. I had a job. (laughs) I was gleeful and ready to go to work. I really didn't put on the mantle of what had happened. I don't care what had happened. I'm here now. Let's get it on. (laughs) And that's how I went. There was no social media at the time. So you didn't have all the nip, 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 nip. It was just, okay, I got a job. Let's go to work. That's a good, you know, because I've talked to like others, actors and actresses that have just went apart, you know, and they're like, I did think about all the back stuff that happened. And then others that are like, you know, that's just not my, who cares? (laughs) Like I took a job. Yeah. Mm-mm. Could you imagine if we did have social media back then when this something like this happens? Well, social media, because we have been around for so long, social media caught up with it. And there was a lot of back and forth of, oh, they wanted a light-skinned Black woman and they didn't want the dark skin. I'm going, what, whatever. <laughs> I have no idea what went on don't care, and you're allowed to like whoever you want. (laughs) I don't care. Right. And is that even really your job? I mean, this is more a question. Like, as an actress, you took a role. You're making it your own. I could only make it my own. I I don't have the talents that she has. Oh, she's amazing. Nothing to do with anything that I can do. (laughs) So... I have to bring all of me to that character, not try to be somebody else. I wasn't replacing somebody else. I was going to work. Yeah. Well, you're amazing too. I mean, you were on the show for three amazing years. What about, do you think it's easier or more difficult today? Like speaking of social media, like for actresses that want to kind of break into the business, is it easier because now we could just turn our phones on and say, look at me. Or is it harder because we have all this other outside nonsense and chatter, like you say? Well, there are a lot more opportunities now because of all the different platforms that you can put entertainment on. So back then there were maybe four networks and that was it. It was a little bit before, well, I guess cable had come in, but it wasn't like it is now. There were no streaming Netflixes and other places where you could find work, there was limited number, but now there's 
incredible opportunities for any number of people, whether they should be on there or not. <laughs> That's for the audience to decide. But I think the opportunities are just as great now for any kind of person to be on some kind of creative platform. So I, I, I think so too. What are some highs just from your time on Fresh Prince? Like if there's one or two, like just one story or two that just sticks out of like, wow, or like a storyline or just something from set. One of my favorite episodes, and I cry each time I see it, is when Will's father came back and then left again. And the performances, the story, working with Ben Vereen, it was all just a wonderful experience. And still grabs my heart every time I see it. That was a great episode. I mean, I think like in the reunion, like at one point too, like there was that one, I forgot what episode where like, where like Will and like James Avery and where James said to Will, like, this is acting. And Will was just like- That was that episode, yeah. That's, 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 yeah. that's what I thought. I wasn't it was sure. magnificent. Were you aware, and again, I have no negative connotations to any of these questions, just more curiosity. Were you aware, like, either, maybe not even when you were on the show, like, after the show, all those years when, like, Janet Hubert was saying things about Will Smith negatively? I mean, it was in the press a lot. Like, they had this bad blood for years and years and years. Even though we didn't have social media, we had, like, the Inquirer and People Magazine and all these other respectable, like, every time she gave an interview, she said, nothing great. Okay, I don't read that. <laughs> it was not part of my life. I didn't concern myself with that. No. Mm -mm. And, you know, who do you blame? Who was telling the truth? Who? I, what difference does it make? That's between the two of them. And they can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, or they can do something about it. And they did something about it. They did do something about it. How, where were you when you first got this call for the reunion in 2020? Like, and you heard that this was happening. Well, he, uh, we had a Zoom call with the cast in the spring of that year. And he was thinking about doing it and was asking us how we felt about it. I said, oh, that should be fun, you know? I guess he made the deal and we got an email and, um, the contract with the email and said, would you like to do this? And go, yeah. <laughs> and I want to be all together. We have been in groups for years. I mean, four of us, five of us, two of us, three of us, but we haven't all been together in the same place at the same time. And that was the opportunity to do that. And it was tremendous. Did you it learn? It was tremendous. Yeah, joy, 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 joy. Did you, like you say, you guys are very close and you all kept in touch throughout the years. Like, so you know these people, you're a family. Did you learn anything new about Will? Yes, just from, right? <laughs> and what was yeah. it? Uh, at the reunion, we learned how the show got started, how he went to the birthday party of, Quincy Jones and how the deal got made. We hadn't heard that story before. And it was very 
it was a lot of fun watching the audition tapes of the, some of the uh, cast members and how we thought we had done at auditions and, and how it actually came off. <laughs> and they said, mm, and they hired me anyway. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it was, it was a fun chuckle. We had a lot of little, um, little things that had happened that the other people hadn't heard about. It was truly a family reunion. What do you think, like you said, you know, you knew that this was a successful show. You wanted to be part of it. It was a job, but like you had no idea. Because of course, hindsight's twenty twenty that this was going to become such an iconic show. Are you, well, that, and are you shocked? Like, you know, and talk to me about like the cultural significance. Like, look, we had different strokes. We had shows where like, you know, the poor black kid, quote unquote, is adopted by the rich white family. Like this really, you know, dealt with a lot of different issues. And you didn't even think that this would lead to. And you're like, you know, I mean, now we're in a different world, but you're like, wow, this opens a lot of storylines. I didn't know uh, back then. I knew that we were representing a segment of the black population that had not been represented uh, on in the media so far. And what I, in hindsight, look at is that each family member had a different view of whatever situation we were dealing with. And for all of us to react to the situation in five different ways, it's a basic fish out of water story, but to have all of these different opinions gave the audience something to grab onto, something to say, yeah, I would have thought that, or yeah, that's how I would have acted. Um, I think it touched so many people even cross-culturally because of the differences that we all brought to the situation. It became a standard for family conversation and Will Smith was a mega person. I mean, he was a big part of the success of that series. He was the energy, the, the force that made that a success. And it's because he gave 190% to everything he did with that show. And to watch him work was inspiring. <laughs> I felt quite lazy working with him, but I had other things going on, but he was amazing to watch. And I think because he struck such a nerve and kept going and kept making movies and kept, be they always referred to his start. And that brought the Fresh Prince along with his entire career. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like people, a lot of times you hear stories and like when someone was so committed to a show, you're like, these people work. Like it's real. Oh yeah. Grueling it's work. Work. <laughs> and Will was just a total workhorse. Yes. And he had good people around him. We had a great writing staff that would allow us to modify some of the cultural nuances that they were writing. We would, the one 
example I always bring up is they had little Ashley back talking to her father. I said, uh, little girl wouldn't have any teeth if she did that in our culture. So let, no, maybe you do that at your house. No, we don't play that. So they changed it because it was an opportunity for us to express cultural nuances that aren't usually dealt with. And uh, we were really, really happy with that kind of situation. And it sounds like you guys really had that type of input in the sense of like, wait, let's take a minute out and talk about this. This is not true. Wow. Yeah. That's not so common on any show, especially when The Fresh Prince was on. Wow. How bittersweet was the reunion without James Avery? Well, we had been together without James Avery for a couple of years and seeing it again was painful. It was very painful. He, I loved the man. I absolutely loved the man. And he and his wife and my husband and I used to travel together. We went to Joe, Joe's wedding, the English butler. <laughs> we went to his wedding in London. We traveled all over the place together. We were all very good friends. And to lose him was very, very painful to me. Yeah, it's like a void. Oh, I'm still very good friends with his widow. Yeah. Why, I mean, why do you think the show is so iconic? Like we've discussed that it is like, what do you think it is that there's so many good shows from that time, right? On NBC, ABC, like all, but like, why do you think this show is just resonates with people so many years later? And, you know, someone like me, we are going to move on to other things, but like, this is what people want to talk about. And this is our third generation that we are showing this show to. And I think it is, has a lot to do with tradition in that the people who saw the original show wanted their kids to see the show. And now those kids want their kids to see the show. So it has just had legs that has, that have just gone on and on. It's quite amazing to me. Have you ever heard from someone like in Hollywood, just like someone we know that is like of, you know, a third generation or a second generation that comes up to you and is just like, you're like, you're, you're a Fresh Prince fan. Like I would never expect this person to have watched and they're taking quote things. And you're like, wow, this is. I get that a lot (laughs) as I move about. uh, There are a lot of people who stop me and I don't wear makeup all the time. I, I don't look like Aunt Viv most of my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm a regular girl and I put on makeup for you, baby. But <laughs> Well, that's nice of you because I mean, that's more than you needed to do for me, but thank you. But I get stopped and said, you sound like Aunt Vivian. I'm going, mm, oh yeah, because I am. And people get startled sometimes to see a physical person who's come off the television set. And I still get it with young teenagers. So I know I'm, we're in our third generation. Wow. 
having this reunion in 2020, you know, we know Will Smith's a big movie star and all this blah, blah. But like, is there, I mean, would you guys ever do like maybe a movie, maybe a Fresh Prince movie with all of you originals? Like, has there ever been any talk like that? We cannot recapture what we had. We are happy to participate in anything he wants us to participate in. We all have lives that have gone on to other things and to other projects. Um, I had the pleasure of being the first of the old guard to be on the new Bel Air. And it was myself and the woman who played Will's mother on the original show, Renee Watson. And we had a blast and it felt wonderful to be greeted by this young cast that was so vibrant and it's such a good show. It's so well written and it's cinematic and it's the characters are so well-rounded and you get to see more of each of our characters because an hour, you have time to do that. You don't have time in a half hour to deal with the challenge du jour in everybody's opinion and 22 minutes is up. But here in Bel Air, you get to see where the character came from, what you get to learn more about the actual person rather than just moving through the set. Oh yeah, that's Ann Viv. It's, it's a cool, cool, cool show. And it is a cool show. And how, if you think about it, brilliant to take this and not redo it, but make it now a drama yes. for an hour. And it's the exact same story, but it's not a comedy. And it's just, no. it's a brilliant oh, idea. No. Brilliant, right? Yes. And that I attribute to Will. He saw a little clip of a little movie that the young man had made for YouTube or something. And he said, now that's a good idea. And he made it so. And to do it in 2022, you know, with all the different worlds, it's just such a like, like, wow. Why haven't any, this is, come on. Like, this is so smart. (laughs) That's brilliant. He's a brilliant young man. Were you, did any part of you have a reservation when you heard it was being redone? Just like, did you feel protective of, no. He just told totally. us. He told us at the reunion, he introduced us to the young man that he made the deal with, the creator. And um, we just said, let us know how you'd like us to be involved. And he said, you will be involved. And it was so much fun with your little camp. Well, you know, there might be more cameos coming. Perhaps. And yeah, the new you... season is starting probably. Uh, they're going to start shooting this summer, I guess. Did you hear from Cassandra, from Cassandra Freeman, the woman who plays Aunt Viv, the actress, like yeah. before she undertook the role or she just was yeah. like, let me make this my own. And she, I met her when I went to do the, uh, to the guest star and I mean I had seen her work because I got to see a couple of episodes before I went and she was so beautiful and so glamorous and so uh, I just adore her 
So when I met her, I said, you are Aunt Viv 3.0. <laughs> and she said, I love it. <laughs> and we've been in touch ever since. Wow. 3.0 is good. Before we move on, at the reunion, the re- that when you go, that was the first time, is this true? That was the first time you ever met Janet Hubert? Like ever? Yeah. Wow. Ever. Ever. What was I that like? Or it just met her once, but had not met her. It was, I felt like she belonged there. We were having a reunion of a show that she initiated. And I was so glad that they got through whatever contention they had. I was very happy to meet her and was very humbled to be number two. So when I saw her, I just threw my arms around her and said, welcome home. I was glad she was back into the fold. What did you think of this sit down? Like, I mean, you must have watched it. I mean, we all watched it. We watched it during the uh, during the taping of the reunion. Yeah. What were your thoughts? I thought it was very brave of Will. I thought it was very compassionate of Janet. Um, I I'm glad they aired and their apologies and move on. Life's too short. It was very real. That's what I thought. I was like, it was very real. You, and you could see that Will was a little uncomfortable, but he was proceeding with what he knew he needed to do. Yeah. And really, you didn't need to do this on camera. I mean, like, I understand the trailer and, you know, all the fodder that goes, but you really didn't need to so to that point that's pretty real right like let's let people just see this he is trying very much to be open and upfront and honest and present I love it well what people probably don't know about you is that you're an avid photographer and maybe they do but you have been that is your other passion and I have to say I've tried you're a traveler I've traveled to 55 countries and all seven continents before this little thing known as COVID so how did photography become such a passion of yours? Oh, I've had a camera since I was a little girl. My father was an amateur photographer. He took pictures of us all the time. I have so many pictures from the 40s and 50s and 60s because my dad was a shutterbug. I have always had a camera and I've always taken pictures and I love to travel and had the opportunity to do a lot of travel and realized after years, it wasn't until I was 60 years old that I decided that I was going to be a photographic artist. Uh, and it was on the encouragement of two of my friends who were always saying, where have you been? What's the, show us the pictures, show us the pictures. <laughs> and I show them the pictures and say, well, you should put this in a gallery. And I'm going, nah, no, you gotta be an artist to do that. And they said, what's the question here? <laughs> so uh, that was one of my bravest moments um, was putting my work in a gallery. And I realized going through my pictures that I had taken 
pictures of doors, a lot of pictures of doors. And I realized that they represent to me a metaphor for life. They represent opportunity and curiosity and adventure. And because of my interior design and architecture background, I'm drawn to details of architecture. So I like the colors and I like the craftsmanship and, and I like to see what nature has done to the door and make you wonder what's behind the door and make you also what I realized I was trying to show people that they need to notice the details on their journey because it makes your journey very rich. So I took these pictures, I hung a gallery show, I got a good reception and people were buying art off the wall. <laughs> and um, then the recession hit, the 2008 recession. And ooh, it was ugly. I said, I can't sell $250 prints to people that they have to buy food. Um, so what I did was let me make it more accessible. So I started making note cards and I made note card collections and I was selling those and those were going fine. And um, people would ask me to talk about my journeys and about taking the pictures. And I did that often to groups like the Lynx and the Deltas and different groups that would invite me for luncheons to talk about um, my showbiz career and my photography. And after doing it for a while, I said, yeah, I keep repeating the same things over and over again. Let me write them down. And I wrote them down and created a book. And I did a mock-up of the book and took it to Simon & Schuster. I had a friend who, had, who was um, a writer and she introduced me to her publisher. And I had an hour to sit down with this man and show him my, <coughs> my attempt at a book. And he gave me notes and I took every one of his notes and I recreated that book and published it myself. And that was wow. the beginning of a publishing career. Uh, and I published four books on doors. And then um, because my computer was all full of recipes that I'd collected for years and years from friends and family, my friends finally said, when are you gonna get that cookbook off your computer. And I said, well, I have to have a point of view. I am not a chef <laughs> and I cannot say, follow me in the cookbook. So I decided to make it a mini memoir. And that's what I did. And I created that and was pleased with it and published it. Five bucks. That's, that's no joke. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. That was a nice journey to be on, but I've got so many journeys that I go on. I go during COVID, I started making masks because I'm a seamstress as well. I design a line of coats. <clears throat> and then because we couldn't travel internationally, I had to do something with my doors. So I made this fabric that I have back here and created these tote bags. So that's what 2022 has is tote bags. So I always take what I have and see how far I can expand its life. 
I make calendars every year and it usually represents a country. And last year, this year it was France. Last year it was Venice or Scotland or I, <laughs> I do them every year. And I have a list of people who say, is the calendar out yet? <laughs> and I just love being able to share my vision with people who love to see what I have shot. I mean, having traveled to these 55 countries from one traveler to the next, like, do you have a favorite country and you have like, what is on the top of your list? Cause right. Like as a traveler, at least for me, it's always changing. It's like, okay, I wanted to go here next. Like, you know, yeah. wh what's on your list that you want to go to and what's kind of your favorite or favorites. I go to, I try to go to Venice every year. I am a part of a group called Save Venice Foundation. And uh, they go every year. We have a wonderful time and I always find new doors in Venice. <clears throat> we go to Veneto and we go, I go travel around Italy. I'll get on a train and go to Belgium. I, I just, I like to be over there. <clears throat> and um, I have not as yet been to Greece. And that's on my list. Um, I've been every place else that I've really wanted to go. So now I'm going places that I enjoyed and want to see again. Greece is a good one. Greece is a good one. It's just, it's based on like where it is in the world. It's just so different than everything around it. it it's, yes. it's a good one. Each one of these countries is so different. And that's yeah. why I try to focus the books on a specific area. I have one on France, one on Belgium, one on Cuba, <clears throat> another great series of trips I took. Beautiful, beautiful places. And I love the, the spirit of the culture of that place. Well, I was going to ask you because, you know, one of your books is a cookbook. So I was going to ask you, like, do you have a favorite food country where you just loved the food more than anywhere Italy. else? I mean, Italy. Yeah. Italy, Italy, <laughs> any place in Italy. It's because the food is so fresh. It's so right out of the garden. It's so simple and so tasty at the same time. I would 100% agree. I mean, and this sounds so snobby and I do not mean it to sound this way, but you know, in New York, we do have some of the best restaurants in the world. And so I do have to say, like, there are certain countries where you hear about how great the food is and then you get there and you're like, it's not horrible. It's not bad, but I don't really get all the hype. And when you get to Italy, you're just like, I am, I am yours. I understand. <laughs> yeah. You're like. I think India, the food from India is wonderful. And I went to India, I guess it was 2020. It was marvelous. Did you go like right before COVID or? I think about wow. two weeks after we got back, it was locked down. We were there with uh, the Child Fund International and got to see a whole lot of different neighborhoods and villages and children and people and culture and smells and tastes and I loved it. 
I'm shaking my head because I absolutely love India. I tell people, I truly think people either love their experience or they don't. Like, I don't think there's a middle. Like, I know people that have gone to India that absolutely hate it. And I agree with everything you say. There are smells. There are, if you have like a short attention span and want a lot going on, there is so much. You go into some of those villages and like, you don't know where it's like, you are just looking at, you're like, this is like better than any movie I could see. This is so interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like traveling just for that. Just to see Morocco, another Marrakesh was just amazing. That too. Yeah. Do you keep up with like Hollywood and, you know, like new projects that are coming out? Like all like, you know, do you keep up with it all? like award shows and like, do you watch like all this Hollywood stuff? I mean, you've done so much stuff outside the business. I catch it usually after it happens, <laughs> I'll catch the highlights. Um, I'm still working. So I still get calls from out there. I just was on the past week <clears throat> on that black lady uh, sketch show. And I'm on BET with a couple of movies and I, I'm still working. So I have a, I can touch that group of folk, but I don't have to stay there <laughs> because I don't like living in Los Angeles. I'm not sure anybody really enjoys living there. I guess there are some people, but. I like working there, but I just think it's just too much of too many things. <laughs> I would agree. I mean, for what I do, I go for short visits and then I can come home and I, I'm like, I don't think I could live. Yeah. I'm not sure I could live there personally. I did for many years and I was not sad when I left. Do you have any, like, do you watch like TV? Do you do any of like the Netflix binges? Like, do you get into any of that? What are like some of your guilty pleasures that you've had recently? Um, Just things you watched. Um, uh, Bridgerton, of course, <clears throat> Queen Sugar, there's, a, oh, um, those are guard. all the, mm, the good wife, and then the subsequent, and Frankie and, Frankie and Johnny, <laughs> Frankie and Grace, Grace, and, oh my god, love that show, it's, and I think it's back, like, now, like, in a week or two, I just saw a trailer, it's so, I hope I've been missing it. <laughs> in what world do we live that we get Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonta on our quote unquote TVs on Netflix? Like have what? Like what, where this never would be in even. And they are so refreshingly comfortable with themselves. They're just an image that we should all emulate. Just be comfortable with yourself and move on. A hundred percent. Are you shocked, you know, like when we first started and you said, you know, you weren't even included in the yearbook, you know, you were the first like black homecoming queen at Northwestern, they just skipped over you. Are you shocked at like, and growing up, you thought you couldn't be an actress, you know, which I didn't know until this conversation. Are you shocked at like where TV is now, like Ryan Murphy and Shonda Rhimes and just like the diversity and like where we are? I'm not shocked because I spent years, my husband and I, helping to build behind the camera, helping to make sure that people of our culture got noticed. 
got a job, <laughs> we've always pushed the equality that was necessary in Hollywood. And we were in certain circumstances uh, in a position to hire department heads that had never been hired before and to start them on their careers. It's a joy to watch behind the camera. Watch, working on Bel Air was flabbergasting to me because young people, all kinds of cultures behind the camera. This never happened back in the 80s and the 70s when I started. It is such a marvelous joy to watch the spectrum of diversity that is now part of creating content. Everybody's got a shot. Do your best. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your husband, Mr. Tim Reed from WKRP in Cincinnati and Sister Sister and many other things. When you guys are, you say people come up, they say you sound like on Viv, you say it. When people come up to you, is it normally like, oh my God, Fresh Prince? Or is it like Sister? Like when people approach, are you like, they know who you are and not me or vice versa. Or, you know, like, does your husband get a lot of the fanfare out and out and about at dinner and all that? Not at dinner. Cause we've been in this neighborhood a long time, but um, he gets noticed if I'm with him, he gets noticed before I get noticed, which is fine with me. <laughs> and there are some occasions where people come up to me and, and viv me and it's, it's fun because the way they approach me is with reverence almost. And they want, can I hug you? And I'm going, sure. <laughs> and it's so warm. I don't ever get a, mm, oh, you ain't a bit. I don't get a reaction like that. I, I get a lot of love and who doesn't need a lot of love? So like, at least if people are going to come up, you played a beloved character that you know, is like we said, it was still iconic and like it's the tone Will Smith set. You know, what about like speaking of award shows, like what, listen, everyone was talking about it. Like, what did you think about this whole like thing with Will Smith and Chris Rock? I mean, you know him, like, what did you think about all of that? I think that it's family business and I have no comment. <laughs> that is fair enough. Listen, there are things within the family that you discuss that you don't want to get outside the family. So, yeah. Would you? My opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> Not on that subject. I just figured I would ask <laughs> since you were here and the world, I think the world has moved on and we're talking about other I things. I think now. so too. You know. And Chris Rock made a funny with when um, uh, Chappelle got attacked this past week. Oh, really? And there was a, he came up and got the microphone and said, was that Will Smith? <laughs> That's a funny. <laughs> I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's very funny. What about, would you ever, you know, like you and your husband, like I said, are both actors. Like, would you, you know, if something came along now, would you guys want to like star in like something together, like a guest appearance together? We've worked together um, for years. We worked together on Frank's Place, Snoops, yeah, Simon and Simon, Links, a whole bunch of things. And he directed me in uh, the Business of Christmas Two, 
which we just shot last year. And he's going to direct me again, I think, in the business of Christmas 3. We work together, but um, he is building a streaming network. So he is very involved with that. And I'm not. <laughs> and I'm building my little company here with my photography and my fashion and things like that and still acting he's still acting we go oh you've gone for a week okay where are you going oh yeah have a good time we're always doing that that is like normal for us we built a studio together here in virginia we had that for about 18 years got enough of that and said okay sell the studio you go there, do that, and I'll go here and do that, and we'll meet at dinner. I'm That's all for that. Oh, yeah. You are both so busy. You're both these entrepreneurs. Like, do you ever see a time when you just won't work? I no. mean. Absolutely not. Because that's the beginning of death. No. People say, well, aren't you going to retire? And do what? sit and wait to die? No, not going to happen. I agree a hundred percent. I think it's so final. Like when, like, you know how it is, like when you're in that work mode and I think when you're out of it, it's kind of hard to get back in. And I think for me, I'll always work. Always. I'll always work. Me too. I or totally create. understand. Even if they don't hire me, I'll be creating something. <clears throat> no, I won't stop. Well, the bags behind you look gorgeous. Thank you. I've been staring at them ever since you called my attention to them. I love. I got to show you the inside because Louis Vuitton's got his little signature, so I had to put some Daphne in there. Oh wow! I love it. Got a little pocket, and that goes in every bag. Oh, oh, this is this is good stuff good stuff. <laughs> I love it. And I like the metaphor for doors. I actually have to say, I like it. Is there anything else you want to share? Like what haven't I brought up? I like to give people a chance at the end to discuss. You can plug anything you want. I feel like I always have my own questions, but I like to give people a chance to bring up anything that I did not bring up. How wonderful. No, just I'm still there. <laughs> and Daphne Maxwell read.com is where you can find what I'm doing, what I'm selling, what I'm sharing. Join me, buy something. <laughs> buy something people. And I'll, and I'll share yeah. these bags and I'll share the link too. Cause like, thank Great. you for going down this trip. I mean, you know, I what thank a you. Lovely time. This was, a, this was a lot of fun. Say hi to your husband, love all his work too. So I really appreciate your time and I'll share your links with everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews 
actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.